Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode 11, Time Management. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steel. Hello, my foodpreneurs. I am going to tell you a story about time management and why it matters. I changed everything about how I managed my time this year, and I love it so much. I'm sharing it with all of you. And my story starts like this. Once upon a time, I chose constraint. I chose to get married. And then I chose some more constraint. We bought a house and constrained ourselves to a mortgage. I constrained myself to be an army officer. And I did all of these things willingly. And I did all of these things because I knew that by constraining my life that way, I would be happier. But when I say the word constraint, people flip out. They don't want constraint. They want to be free and they want to be unencumbered. But what y'all don't realize is that there is so much, much more to freedom in constraint than there is in pretending that you don't have choices to make. And that's where calendaring actually comes in and where creating your own time constraint comes in. And I'm urging you to constrain your time and honor your commitments to your calendar. It is that simple and that hard. And here's how you do it. You write down what you're going to do. You put it on the calendar. You give it a date and a time limit. You do it. And you be uncomfortable when you're doing what you said you would do. Because it always happens. But the first thing I want you to think about when you decide to embark on calendaring is what results are you looking for with respect to your project? What's the outcome that you want from doing whatever actions that you're about to take? Working this way from saying what are the results that I want is a habit that takes practice. Working into a calendar is a habit that takes practice. And once we know what results we're looking for, we'll take a look at the actions that give us those results. The first step in figuring this out is writing down what you need to do. All of us have loads to do, so I want you to pick one project from your to-do list. And I know your to-do list is long, so is mine. But since you've been loosey-goosey about your to-do list for this long, tightening it up one area at a time is totally fine. So just pick one thing, okay? Then I want you to write down all the steps of the project. Be as granular as you need to be, okay? It's the end of the year, and we're going to work through an example of what commonly happens at the end of the year of companies is an end of the year employee review. Now I know a lot of companies don't do this, but it's a super good practice. 
To do an effective review, you need to do seven different things. You need to gather a list of your employees. You need to gather a list of their job descriptions. You need to take a look at each employee and their job description, and you need to sit and think. You need to figure out what you're going to say to them in the review. You're going to write out the goals for them for the next year. You're going to tell them that they have a review coming up and ask them to review their own year and reflect and set goals for themselves. And then the two y'all are going to sit down and you're going to have a conversation and agree on goals, your goals for them and their goals. Okay, That's a pretty granular list for an employee review, don't you think? And your list for your project should be sort of a similar level of granularity. So now let's think about what the time frame for each one of those steps might be. So step one, gather a list of your employees. If this takes more than 15 minutes, you need some organizational help, my friends. <laughs> step two, you're going to gather the list of job descriptions. Now, Here's where I'm going to ask, do you even have job descriptions? And if you don't have job descriptions, please seriously consider writing them and schedule the writing of your job descriptions as well. Okay, your, your gathering of the job descriptions shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. If you need to actually write job descriptions, I can write a job description in about 30 minutes and then put it down, come back to it, and spend maybe another 10 minutes on it. Okay, that gives you a sense of the time it takes to write a job description. Step three is you're going to look at each employee at their job description and you're going to sit and think. Ask yourself, did they do a great job? Did they show up to their work in a way that served you and your business? And if the answer is no to that question, go listen to the Strive podcast and let's figure out how we can make sure that your employees are, are showing up to you and your business in a way that's meaningful. And for each employee, to be fair, this sort of sitting and thinking probably takes about 30 minutes. Then step four is, is you're going to figure out what you're going to say to them. And to do this well, it's probably 15 minutes to plan out how you're going to talk to them. You're going to write out your goals for them for the next year in the fifth step. And this should really be a snap if you did the previous step, okay? And go look up SMART goals and give your employees SMART goals. And SMART, I'm trying to remember all the words that go to it, but they are... Um, manageable and restrained or I don't even remember but but smart goals are ones that people can actually meet <laughs> next you're going to notify them if you haven't already that their review is coming up and you're going to ask them to reflect and set goals for themselves this should probably be a canned email to everybody it should take you two minutes to write and send to each employee as you do it don't get distracted. Don't check your other emails. Just send these emails out, okay? And then finally, step seven is, is you actually have to have the conversation with them and review the year, agree on their goals, on your goals for them. And in every place I've ever worked, this is a minimum of 30 minutes. So if you tally up all that time, it's about an hour and 30 minutes, give or take, of prep time per employee, and then it's 30 to 45 minutes of execution time. Now, I want you to ask yourself, 
what do you need to feel in order to produce those actions and those results? What does someone, in our case, need to feel to get an employee review done really well in 90 minutes? I would hazard, when I think about it, that they need to feel aware. They need to feel like they are aware of the employee. They're aware of the expectations of the employee and of how the employee has worked. Then we ask, well, what do I need to think to feel aware? In my case, I need to think that I know what's going on in my business. And this is awesome because we actually just created a really great model of how we can be in the world to get this work done. And if you need to review models, go back and listen to the podcast about the model. <laughs> okay, so the circumstance that we're talking about is yearly employee reviews. It's a, it's a fact. That's what you're doing. Okay. Then the thought that I decided I wanted to have about yearly employee reviews is, I know what's going on in my business. And when I think the thought, I know what's going on in my business, it, it, cre it creates the feeling of awareness. I feel aware. Then the actions I take are all seven of those steps. When I take all seven of those steps, my result is great employee engagement. And what's really amazing is, is that when I have great employee engagement and my employees are communicating with me and helping me drive my business forward, it reinforces the thought that I know what is going on in my business. And that model is an example of where you want to do your work from. You want to create the thought that is the person who gets the work done. And in our case, it's an employee review. So now that we have our heads clear and we've made some space in our, for ourselves, let's review on what we said we were going to do. We said we were going to write down what we were going to do. We we're going to put it on the calendar, give it a date and a time limit. We're going to do it, and then we're going to be uncomfortable. All right, so that puts us on the put it on the calendar step to give it a date and a time limit. So here's how you do that. Open up your calendar. I use Google Calendar. I know everybody else uses iCal, but... Block the time off. Make an appointment with yourself. I am going to ask you to honor your appointments with yourself as if you were keeping an appointment with a judge or you were keeping an appointment with me. If we had a coffee date, I don't think you'd skip, right? Don't let yourself quit on yourself by not showing up to your calendar. And when the time comes, sit and do the work. Now here's what's going to happen, and this gets us to step number four of write it down, put it on the calendar, be uh, give it a date and time limit, do it, that's step three. Step four is be uncomfortable. What's going to happen is that you are not going to want to do the work. You are going to want to do a lot of things besides doing the work. You're going to have a urgent phone call that you have to take, an email to respond to, a fire to put out. You're going to want to post pictures on Instagram and count your likes and clean up your Instagram list and do all the things besides doing the work. Stop. Do the work. Do the work, folks. Okay. But here's the thing. If the time elapses and you didn't do the work, go through the following exercise. Sit down with a piece of paper and ask yourself the following questions. 
Look at your calendar and look at your day and ask yourself, what did you do instead? So if you had something blocked off from 11 to 12 to gather all your employee documentation and start doing your reviews and you didn't do it, what did you do instead? Then ask yourself, why did you do it? Be very specific. Did you feel like something else was more urgent? Did you feel overwhelmed and stressed and you decided to eat cookies at the water cooler? Be super specific about why you didn't show up to yourself on your calendar. And then I want you to think about what might have worked better, okay? What could you have done maybe in the moment when you were recognizing that you didn't do what your calendar said you should do. What did you notice? What did you notice in this exercise? What did you notice about how you felt while you were avoiding your calendar? And then what did you learn? What have you learned about yourself about not showing up to your calendar? Then taking all of that together, can you let it go? Can you say, all right, I didn't make it to my calendar that time and I'm going to do better next time and let this go and decide how you want to feel moving forward so that you can handle it next time. How will you handle it next time? Forgive yourself, okay? Calendaring and showing up to yourself is a learned and learnable skill. Then, when you've got all that done, go calendar, show up to yourself, and do the work. Be well, my friends, and I will see you next week. Hey there. If you like what we talk about on this podcast, you just have to join us over at the Power Group. We take all this material and we study it, and then we take it to the next level and we apply it. Join us by going to sfbdi.com slash powergroup. That's sfbdi.com slash powergroup. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.